0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and alongside John Macon Gillespie, the publisher, the head writer, what's your title at the Grove
1: Report? Publisher is the technical title, but I answer to just about anything that's said in my direction. So,
0: (laughs) Uh, Kind of the same way here as well. Well, fall camp is going on and it is the only story that is going around Ole Miss sports right now. Uh, what is your impressions of fall camp and what's what what have, what's been going on on your end of the things, like you, the Grove Report reporting on?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people are still focused on quarterbacks. Um, looking at social media, and that's not always a great indicator, but um, people really like quarterback stories quarterback talk regardless of whether there's a competition or not um so there's been a lot of that um and i I feel like a lot of people already have their minds made up as to who they want and they're backing that guy um i think the majority of them are backing one guy over another but um you know it kind of is what it is but uh yeah there's been you know a lot of quarterback stuff with fall camp that's that's going to be a big focus um Aiden Williams who we'll kind of talk about here in a little bit um has really flashed uh based on stuff I've seen um so yeah I mean it's been th- this time of year it's not it's not really slow anymore but it's not it's kind of a build up to the season a little bit as far as coverage is concerned um so it's always kind of an entertaining time to kind of get your you know kind of kind of get back in the in the groove a little bit for for when the season rolls around
0: yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, it's weird because everybody remembers the Matt Corral versus John Rice Plumlee situation. And even last year, the Jackson Dart versus Luke Altmyer. And this year, it feels like it's on steroids. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it's not necessarily Jackson Dart versus Spencer Sanders. It's either pro-Jackson Dart or anti-Jackson mm-hmm. Dart. It's weird.
1: Yeah, and I think... I think the quarterback competitions you mentioned that that we obviously remember in recent memory um most people who who did some digging or or looked at tape understood how those were probably going to come out um and you know I think that's kind of to an extent you know how it is now but um also I I think that People were either pro-Jackson Dart or anti-Jackson Dart at the end of the season last year. And I think that has just simply carried over until now, not taking into account any development that may have happened um, or any change, anything. Um, I think people are kind of sticking to their guns, whether they're pro-Jackson Dart or anti-Jackson Dart. And I'm, I may be guilty of that myself, you know, because to me, Jackson Dart wasn't bad. Like, I, I didn't think he – I thought he progressed as the season went on last year. Um, and i think he's progressed even more this off season but uh yeah i mean it does feel it doesn't feel like a, a a two camps thing between two different guys it feels like yes either i want jackson dart or i want anybody other than jackson dart yeah the the closest thing i can think to it is um good bow and bad bow yeah pretty much i mean and and that was that was highlighted throughout his entire collegiate career i guess mm-hmm. um you know so i mean that's that's really kind of the way it is. I mean, you right now it's either you love him or you hate him. Um, But I think when the season rolls around, a lot of that will die down probably. Yeah, you
0: know what it reminds me of? And this is not Ole Miss related, but it, it kind of reminds me of like social media on Tua. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a similar thing. There's people that when he came in the draft, they just made their opinion up right now that either he was or he wasn't going to be able to progress. And they've just been defending that originally take from the
1: beginning yeah and not to get into a psychology thing but i think that's kind of how people are sometimes anyway not just with football but like if they it's something if they have their minds made up a lot of times they just stick with it you know regardless of anything that changes um and i, I think i'm guilty of that as as anyone but uh yeah i mean it's it's definitely definitely the case with quarterbacks
0: yeah it is, it's the weirdest thing well speaking of quarterbacks the this isn't a situation in this camp of Jackson Dart just being the best available? You actually have three or four quarterbacks that are playing pretty well, and Jackson Dart just seems to be outplaying them at this point. And what do you think about the other guys in this quarterback room?
1: Well, I think that they each bring something different to the table. Um, at, at the Grove Bowl, which I guess was – my second, second or third time seeing Spencer Sanders in person. Um, I was really impressed with his legs, right? I mean, he's, he's fast. You could tell he wasn't hundred percent healthy, but he he can sling it. Um, but I I do think that the other two guys, you know, will be, you and I have said, are are pretty much the future of the program. I mean, it's going to be one of those guys. Um, and I think they are different quarterbacks, but, in my opinion, I think that's what they're being molded for right now. Uh, I don't think that they are – yes, I guess they're technically in the quarterback competition, but, like, at the same time, I don't think there's really many expectations for them to be the guy this year. Um, But I – in in all of my years of following Ole Miss sports, I I don't remember a quarterback situation like this where there's – you know, yes, there have been quarterback controversies, but – not to the point where it was a quarterback controversy because everybody is talented. Um, You know, the closest thing I can think of is the early Orgeron years, like Michael Spurlock, kind of those that, that era. Um, But that wasn't because everybody in that room was just uber talented and definitely could play SEC ball. You know, it's because, okay, who gives us the best chance to win? I think that in this room right now, I think all four guys either right now are ready to play SEC ball or, in a year's time, they will be.
0: Yeah, my opinion, Walker Howard and Austin Simmons, they're already competing for 2024. I agree. that That's what's going on right now. They, they're battling for that. They probably aren't going to win this year, but they're hoping that Jackson Dart has a year where he throws for 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns and goes pro.
1: Yeah. No, I fully agree. And uh, I think that – I know people can get frustrated with quarterback controversies because – fans like to unite behind their quarterback. They like to be fully invested in their quarterback. They like to know who their guy is. But at the same time, looking at it from an objective standpoint, in my lifetime, I think this is the best the oldest quarterback room has ever been, I mean, in the deepest for sure. I mean, it's just – I can't really think of a comparison um, where it's has been this, this talented top to bottom. The last time it was like this was like
0: when Glenn Griffin and those guys were walking the halls back in the early 60s that that's the last time
1: it was been this stacked yeah I mean even even you know Romero and Eli I mean you, you don't have much after that I mean you know now you have four guys who across the board everybody says not just me, these guys are talented and they can play
0: you know you had a situation in the in, and for my entire life in the quarterback room, Eight out of every ten years, when you're looking at it, if the starting quarterback gets injured, it's over. The season's mm-hmm. done. Nothing happens. And those two years, there might have been a young, up and coming backup that we could be at least excited about. But most of the time, it was kind of one and
1: done. Now, honestly, three might not kill you this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think too, um, you know, the the time that comes to mind, like you've said that you know, maybe one of those 10 years where it wasn't exactly like that. Chad Kelly goes down in 16. Everybody's excited for Shea Patterson. He he puts on a show at Texas A&M. Obviously, we know how all that ended. But, um, you know, when, when Kelly went down and Patterson was announced as the guy, you know, burning the red shirt at the time, I, I feel like that kind of energized everybody, at least for a week or two, that, you know, hey, this may not be done. Um. Obviously, again, we know how everything went, but yes, court, 55. Yes, um, we <laughs> we do know to you know to your point that um, most of the time, and it's not just Ole Miss. I mean, it's almost everybody where a, you know your starting quarterback goes down because so much of the offense runs through your quarterback. That yeah, a lot of times you you feel like it's done, uh, but I don't think that's the case for Ole Miss this year. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic.
0: Now, the guy that's been getting all the headlines this week is a newcomer, Aiden Williams. I saw him at the Under Armour All-American game and just looked out there, and he was one of the better players on the field, a terrific route runner, so smooth, great hands, doesn't fight the ball. You could see exactly how good he is. There was one rep in the game that there was a bad pass. He just absolutely cooked Cormani McClain, who was at that time, the first or second rated player in the country. So the talent is there and he is just absolutely just showing out in these early days of fall camp.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm not necessarily saying in in my mind that, you know, Aiden Williams is going to be, he may not even be on national radars at, at times this year, but I do think that we're seeing flashes of what he is going to be. If he remains healthy, because obviously he can play ACC ball now. Like it's it's not it's not an issue that he he can see significant playing time now and be a big contributor in this offense. But a year or two down the line, it's 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 only going to get better from here if he stays healthy. And uh, yeah, I mean I've I've been really impressed, and I know that a lot of the other guys have been too. Just seeing what he has done and how he's flashed. Um, and I thought it was really cool the video uh the social media team tweeted out i guess it was last week um of his his touchdown pass from jackson dart his celebration at the end was really cool i mean he's kind of got that swagger about him a little bit already um you know and that's if you if you keep it honed in the right direction that's that's a good thing yeah and I mean,
0: Aiden Williams is 2016 A.J. Brown. That that mm-hmm. That's what we can expect this year from him. He's that's, going to make some plays. He's going to Yeah, Yeah. I
1: mean, because um, I remember A.J.'s first touchdown. Uh, and Against Bama, right? Yeah. And uh, it was I, – I could tell then. I was like, okay, this guy may not be the guy this year. Year or two down the line, he is the guy. Um, he's, he, he's going to be the dude. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – It's exciting if you're an Ole Miss fan at this point, seeing not just the quarterback room, but, hey, you've got some future weapons out there, too, and some current weapons, I guess, if you want to consider him that, but weapons that are here for the long haul, I should say. This is a fun question that I'm about to ask
0: you, but it might not be too fun, but it is, I don't know, it's a fan-type thing that I have. All right, so Aiden Williams has been unbelievable through the first week of camp. Zakari Franklin cannot practice at the moment he's going to you know get in, integrated a little bit later on mm-hmm. at what point does Aiden Williams
1: just become that number 2 guy man i think it would have to be personally i think it's like late august like i i think they're going to to kind of give give it as much time as possible before that becomes the case um again i'm not inside the building so i don't necessarily know that but that would just be my gut reaction that it would probably be late i mean i mean a week or two before kickoff is is what i would say which i mean you know right now today's what august the 8th so i mean that that's just you know a couple weeks down the road um but again it's 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 almost exactly like the quarterback situation it's you you don't take a really big step back, I don't think, just based on what we've seen so far. Um, if he winds up being the number two guy, because he's going to be on the field anyway, um, you know, I, I don't think that you you drop off noticeably, really really big on the offense if that's the case.
0: Yeah, and right before we get out of here, all this realignment that's been going on in college football with the Pac-12 essentially dead, it's like a Pac-4 now. And all of a sudden, Lane Kiffin's on a huge tweet storm and everything, giving his opinion all over about the the welfare of student athletes having to travel for midweek games and all of this, and that's not what they signed up for. And A, let me point out, he is absolutely correct. I just don't know that that's why he's doing it. I think he found a way that he could be correct, but he's recruiting Chris Davis, who is committed to Stanford. Um, I think he's recruiting the kid. There's another Stanford commit from Mississippi, at the moment for I I think Lane Kiffin is recruiting those guys and this is just a way that hey you can just megaphone it out directly to your guy.
1: Yeah and Lane is kind of a master at this a little bit, you know, of playing the game within the game, you know, not coming out explicitly and, you know, just just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. But playing the cards that he has dealt to his advantage. Okay. So seeing the national landscape, how things are changing, okay, there's this guy who I think would be a really good fit at Ole Miss who is committed to one of these schools who's affected by the situation. Why not tweet about it? I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Um, and, yes, he is he is absolutely right about how things have gone with the Pac-12 and everything, and that, that could be a whole other show in itself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's uh, – we, we talked before I came home. Um, it reminded me of two seasons ago when Arch Manning was in town and Ole Miss retired Eli's number against LSU and all that fun stuff, had Manning in the end zones and everything, which to me was entirely a recruiting pitch to Arch. Um, Ole Miss obviously didn't win that battle. They won the game. They didn't win the recruiting battle. Um, But in in the post-game press conference, Lane went on about, I don't know, two or three minutes probably about how important the Mannings were to the university, how much they love the Mannings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that to me is a recruiting pitch to Arch without ever saying his name. And it's kind of the same situation here. You know, this can be a recruiting pitch to those guys without ever saying their name. Um, You know, it's, it's just a way to kind of dance around it a little bit and, you know, not be as obvious as to what you're doing.
0: Yeah, whenever Lane Kiffin puts out an opinion and he says something that is going to make a lot of noise and that megaphone picks it up, the first question you need to ask is, how will this help him in recruiting? Because that's usually going to lead you to what the actual answer is. Yep. So anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John Macon Gillespie, publisher of the Grove Report. What do you got going on over there?
1: Uh, well, we've got fall camp coverage um going on. Obviously, I mean, there's there's little storylines, uh bits and pieces from you know, interviews that that we've kind of picked up. I, I did an entire story today on Jalen Knox's interview, but it wasn't from talking about the receiver room. It was actually his comments on the quarterback situation. Um so you can go check that out. I mean, we find these, these little pieces there and kind of, you know, maybe try to read between the lines a little bit at this time of year. Um, So it's, it's a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great stuff going on over there. Uh, Ben King has been excellent uh, being at fall camp and media day for us uh, at the university. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a really good setup over there. So, um, you know, I feel like we put out, put out decent content.
0: Yeah. And you do, you do a fantastic job indeed. And anytime you can get free content, that's always a good thing. Absolutely. So so anyway, um, thanks everybody for tuning in and we will see you next time. Take care.